Hey, this is Kobe checking in. I first want to say thanks for subscribing and riding along this purposeful journey with me. Before we get into this episode, I want to let you know we'll be doing a four-part series on Dreamaker Realty, a company that has amassed a crazy amount of wealth, all coming from their purpose of educating and empowering individuals. This is the first out of four series of the Dreammaker Realty episodes, so I hope you enjoyed the series. And stay tuned for more series and bonus episodes. I just want to challenge myself, and at the end of the day, when all of this is done, I want to be able to leave something for my family. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's the most, and, and for the community, more than anything else, too. You know, my father worked his, his ass off in order to get us here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because of his sacrifice and his and his, uh, his risk, now we're here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not somewhere else. We're able to be comfortable, we're able to, you know, have opportunities that many cannot. Mm-hmm. So now if I can take that to another level, and my kids can take that to another level, you know, not only am I changing my family, but I'm changing the community. Mm-hmm. And my children will also change the community and their friends. And in the bigger picture, we can change a lot of people. Thanks for tuning in to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where purpose drives our actions and our actions are a result of our purpose. When you have a strong enough purpose, every action you take in life has meaning and power to it. Every entrepreneur is on a journey to fulfill their purpose, and the world needs to hear it. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. All right, welcome to the Purposeful Story Podcast. Today we have Jude. I've been following Jude for a while now and I love what he's doing with real estate. He's making it super easy for first time home buyers and he's also mentored many young individuals on how to use real estate as an investment tool. Jude, welcome to the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Not a problem. So let's get right into it. I mean, real estate, it's, it's something that everyone's afraid of. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people are really fearful of getting into real estate. You listen to the news, a lot of things are, rumors are being spread around and it creates a lot of fear in a lot of people. Um, what would you say was your first foot in the door for real estate? Um, I started investing in real estate when I was about 22, mm-hmm. 23 years old. Um, and it's the same thing back then as it was now. The average property at the time was a bit more expensive. I guess to me at that age it was expensive mm-hmm. right so it's not that people fear real estate they fear the numbers of real estate mm. they're looking at the price points you know and the idea of spending half a million on a condo the idea of spending a million on a house it is scary yeah you know it is scary to them but when I first started I was looking at value mm-hmm. it's always my my goal to look at for value I'm not just looking at numbers I'm looking for the value and based on that value, I'm able to determine if it's worth the investment, if it's worth the time, if it's worth the, you know, the, the, the research. And uh, based on that, that's how I make the decision. Mm-hmm. And when you say value, can you break a lot of people? That'll mean a lot of different things to other people. Like, what is that? What do you mean by when you say value? Well, when you're buying real estate, a lot of people simply look at the price. Mm-hmm. They try to buy the cheapest they can find or yeah. they try to buy, you know, something within a specific price range. Um, what I mean by value is if we're in an area like where we are today right now, and if I say, okay, all houses in this neighborhood is actually 
1.3 million. Mm -hmm. That number sounds high. Yeah. But if I say, well, this house over here is actually going for 1.1 million, right? Mm -hmm. That means there's value in that property. Mm -hmm. And I can also say that, you know what, there is actually a basement apartment. You can rent that out for $2,200 a month. It's two bedroom. Mm -hmm. That gives you even more value. Mm -hmm. So I'm not paying attention to the price per se, but I'm more paying attention to the value of that asset. Mm -hmm. You know, number one is below market value. Number two is rentable. Number three is in a good location. Number four is by your bill. Number five is across from um, a highway and subway. Number six, you know, the area is uh, is changing. So that's a value mm -hmm. that shows me that, you know, that investment is going to grow and that investment is going to appreciate. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. That's that's value. It's not just the price, it's the value. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and you mentioned the word asset. Yeah. I think a lot of people throw that word around mm -hmm. and they don't understand the meaning of it. Yeah. Um, to my knowledge, I think there's assets that give you money and there's assets that actually don't make you any money. Of course. Um, when you talk about asset, an asset is, uh, is, I guess, an item or something that holds value. Mm -hmm. That's something that like um, a house yeah. is an asset. If there is equity in that property, mm -hmm. if it's uh, that sort of financial gain in that, yeah. But if you have, you know, a property that's bleeding you money, it's it's an asset, but it's not. There's no real value in it. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. So I think people have to pay attention to the value of, and I'm using the word value a lot because yeah. it's very important. Yeah. Um, people have to pay attention to the value of what they have and what they're investing in. Mm -hmm. Right. You can buy. A property that's not going to grow and mm -hmm. uh, that's not appreciating that's very hard to rent there's no value in that yeah right uh you can buy one that's the total opposite that does everything you're looking for it to do and that's the that's a good asset to have okay makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense so when you're looking at an asset mm -hmm. it's always good to look at not just the fact that it's an asset but also how what is valued at exactly. what the value of it is so you know i'm not just necessarily before, I think a lot of people or initial investors, they're just happy to have a property. Mm -hmm. I remember when, when I bought my first property, I was just happy to say that I owned a condo. Yeah. You know, but the condo I owned was like in Plain Steels. Mm. Right. And yes, I bought it at the price I bought it. I think I paid 120 or 114 for yeah. it because I could, that's what I could afford at the time. Yeah. But there wasn't a true value in that property, mm -hmm. right? It was more of an experience. I got to learn about real estate. I got to learn about how to rent a property. I learned about, you know, the market to a certain degree. I learned quite a few things that I was able to transfer to getting a real value properties mm -hmm. and real asset properties, which was downtown Oakville and several other locations. But, um, you know, the focus should always be have a property in a location where it will grow and the area will grow. You can rent it very easily and that will give you a, you know, a, a valued asset that you want to hold on to. Okay, makes sense. Well said. So I'm sure there was a lot of stuff that happened before you got into real estate. Yeah. What Were you making any other types of investments before real estate? Like what was your... What was your, I guess, what led to to get get you into real estate? Well, it actually all started um, when I was in high school. Um, so, you know, I'm Ghanaian, you're mm -hmm. Ghanaian. Yeah. So none of us, so I would assume we didn't grow up with a lot of money in our household. Yeah. Right. So my parents worked really hard, but they weren't really providing much. Mm -hmm. And I met 
a guy, I can't remember his exact name, but he told me that, you know, actually, no, I met them a little later, but um, it was in, uh, I think it was science science class. Uh, one of my teachers in uh, Father Henry Carr in high school, she had told me that she was still paying OSAT. Mm-hmm. And um, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, no, she was uh, she was a grown lady, had a family and kids, probably in her forties or so, mm-hmm. and she was still paying OSAT. And at that age, I didn't get it. Yeah, like how could you be grown with kids and still owe money to the government for school and yeah. like you did like years ago? So you know, I sat her down and she told me the truth and she's like, you know, basically when I was in school, you know, I took OSAP. And then when I graduated, I got a job, but then, you know, I had a family, then I had kids and I bought a house and mm-hmm. I bought a car and life just kept going. Mm-hmm. Right. So the amount of money she makes and the expenses that her and her husband had was a lot more than she can, she can sustain. Yeah. So just, she just, she was making the payments, but it just kept going. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of scared the hell out of me. So from there, I really started looking into, okay, what can I do in order to avoid OSAP? What can I do to not put myself in a situation like that? Mm Because to me, that was scary. Um, So, you know, at the time, I was actually throwing a lot of throwing parties with my brother and a Mm -hmm. friend of mine uh, to make money. I was working at um, at, uh, Tropicana. No, not Tropicana. I was working at a grocery store. Okay. Food basic, actually. Nice. To save some money. So I was working a lot, jobs here and there. Um, along the way, I met this guy, and he had told me some things that really was very important. He said, you know what? You can work, and it's great. You can save money. It's great. But it's very hard to be wealthy just from having a job. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a job that makes you a couple of millions. Yeah. You're not going to get that type of job very quickly. Yeah. Right? So, you know, you can own your own business. You can get in the stock market. You can get into real estate. Mm-hmm. One or the other. Yeah. Right. And getting your own business is cool, but it's just a lot of businesses fail. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't know much about business. Yeah. Stock market is a walking heart attack if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, for right? sure. Because it changes every day. Real estate is more stable. Mm-hmm. Um, you need a bit more money to get into it, but it's a lot more stable. It's a lot more simpler. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked into it and a friend of mine, Isaac, yeah. uh, got his license a few years later. And uh, from there, we just... Looking to real estate, we did a few researches and we just started buying. Wow, yeah. wow, just like that. Yeah. So I guess you could say you use your immediate environment, right? Oh yeah, so, yeah. You have to. You yeah. Know, you really have to because there's your immediate environment has resources for you to use, mm-hmm. right? Just like how we have met and we are now here having this conversation. Yeah. It's just like how you know. Um, me and Isaac went to elementary school together and he got a license at the time. He said, okay, if I'm going to use anybody else, I might as well use him. Mm-hmm. And then we learned together, we grew together, and now we are where we are. But, you know, for me, it's always use your immediate environment and then expand as you go from there because there is resources. That's solid, man. That's powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. So you're part of DreamMaker Realty, yes, correct? Okay, okay. So... How would you how would you say DreamMaker Realty has contributed to your success right now? Um, it's contributed literally to at least ninety percent of yeah. the success. Um, you know, mainly contributed to Isaac. Um, like I said, I've known Isaac since we were in grade five. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, when he got his license and then he started purchasing, and then we got into pre construction and he opened the brokerage and so on and so forth. 
um, you know, it's always been back and forth, right? So it's like, oh, I see this project. What do you think about it? We crunch the numbers together. We used to stay up till three in the morning, just crunching numbers mm-hmm. on a project. What makes it worth it? What makes this one not worth mine? Mm-hmm. What are the margins on this specific unit? Is you know, because it's not just every project is going to make you money. Yeah, some of them going to make you money. And it's not every unit in that specific project is going to make you money. There are specific units in the project that are investor units, mm-hmm. right? So you have to be able to identify those units. That unit tells you the gap between. Am I making a hundred thousand? Am I making two hundred thousand? Am I making three hundred thousand? Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to have the expertise to be identified that. So with the help of Isaac, I was able to learn and able to identify some of these units. So you know, Isaac has been one of the greatest contributors actually to my to my success. That's great. That's great. So I guess for someone who wants to start investing in real estate, um, they don't have their real estate license. Mm-hmm. What, because, you know, crunching numbers and, you know, analyzing properties, that, yeah. that can be pretty intimidating, pretty complicated if you don't know what you're doing. It's actually not. Yeah? No, it's not. Um, for me, I love clients who are educated. Mm-hmm. And if you notice from whenever I do a seminar or even on my, my posts and my blogs, I like to educate people. Yeah. Because the more client is educated the more confident they are in what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? If you have a client who's not educated about the market, doesn't even know the process, they're always nervous, mm-hmm. right? But if you're going to make the biggest investment of your life, you shouldn't be so nervous. You yeah. have an idea of what you're doing. Yeah, You should be somewhat confident in what you're doing. You should have some sort of education mm-hmm. about what you're doing. So I personally don't think is that complicated mm-hmm. i mean there are things about it that you know most people are not expertise in but it's not that complicated you know if you're looking to buy real estate or invest in it go see a mortgage broker just walk into the bank the mm-hmm. doors are open yeah walk in you know hi i'm interested in buying real estate um what is a mortgage yeah. what's the current interest rate how do i calculate my mortgage you know how does the interest rate works mm-hmm. right you know, what's the longest duration I can have a mortgage for? What does fixed rate mean? What does vari- variable rate mean? These are simple questions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're expertise, you're yeah. an expert all of a sudden. But having this information is good for you. You know, going on MLS, Google, you know, checking specific locations. How much do houses cost around here? So at least you're familiar with with what you're about to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's complicated. I don't think most people are expert in real estate or invest in real estate but i think the fundamentals and the basic part of it everybody should know and everybody can and have access to it okay so like we said at the beginning using your immediate environment right the information is out there you just got to go and do it literally just got to go ahead and do it walk into a bank ask the right questions call a real estate agent you know most of them will do one hour consultation for free or yeah. see you down for free educate around the process go on the internet there's so much information mm-hmm. out there right now that you don't need to be so scared to do things and when you're buying real estate any investment you're not waking up tomorrow and you're buying it tomorrow yeah right like when i bought my first property and after i i bought my second property the gap between that was at least i think two years mm-hmm. right because I felt that my first property was great, as in it was a good experience, but there's a lot of things I didn't feel like I, I had learned at the time. Mm-hmm. So I took the time to learn. I took the time to actually go to projects, 
ask questions. I even went to Windsor a lot of few times. I was looking to buy multiplexes because it's cheaper over there. Yeah. I went there. I learned a lot about that. The student rentals. I learned a lot about that. I realized it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I came back and continued to invest in Toronto. So I think people just need to take the time. Yeah. You know, the same way you go to school every day and, you know, you ask questions and you learn. It's the same process. Yeah. You just have to ask questions. Okay. Okay. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. So I guess you being of Ghanaian descent, I'm of, of Ghanaian descent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you'd agree, like in the Ghanaian community, maybe even the, I'd say the African community in general. Yeah. Parents, they don't teach uh, their kids financial literacy a lot. Not at all. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not sometimes not a fault of their own. It's mm-hmm. a fault of you know their upbringing and and the culture, yeah. right? Why? What? I mean, you experiencing that? How were you able to not have that financial literacy from your parents, but able to come out of that and 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 invest in real estate? Well, at the end of the day, it was about what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't mean to be insulting to any parent, but yeah. you know, it wasn't about what my parent wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, it was up to my parents. I wouldn't have bought real estate at the time I did. I went about my first property. My parents actually didn't know about it. It took them four years after I bought my first property for them to even find out wow. that I own real estate. Um, I used to sneak out of the house with brooms, put it <laughs> in my Civic just so I can go clean the place for wow. my tenant that was coming. So my parents didn't know because if they did know what I was about to do at that age, they would have told me not to. Yeah. And I can't live a life of fear. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It really doesn't. You know, and... It wasn't like our life was getting any better by not taking chances. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to take chances, I might as well take it while I'm young. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm not going to take it or as much of it when I have kids or when I'm growing. I'm in yeah. my 50s or 40s. So at that age, you know, it didn't really matter. And it's not their fault, man. You know, mm-hmm. most of our parents didn't come here with the idea of growing here. Yeah. They came here with the idea of, you know, taking what they can from here and going back home. Yeah. You know, just they ended up staying longer than they expected. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, for me, even though they did not teach me about investing or about real estate, about stocks, about business, the information is out there. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents didn't teach me about grammar for English, but I learned it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they taught me about some of math, but then I learned the rest from Mm -hmm. somewhere else. Yeah. So... It's not their fault. It's nobody's fault. If you really want it, you really just have to go out there and, and educate yourself. Okay. 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 What advice would you give to someone who you know, has parents who aren't really preaching financial literacy, mm-hmm. um, but they're sort of going back and forth with their parents? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They want to buy their first home, but they're going back and forth with their parents. Mm-hmm. What What would you do to try and... Um, you as a child, what would you do to try and make your parents understand, hey, like, this is the right step I need to take? I think they need to show the parent the benefits of investing, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, when I bought my first property, my parents didn't know. My parents only knew about my third property or fourth property because I needed to put under somebody else's name. <laughs> <laughs> and I was maxing out at the time based yeah. on my income at that time. So, I talk to my dad and, you know, let them know what's happening and show them, you know, the, the portfolio at the time, Yeah, you know, and he, he agreed and signed. But, you know, there are moments where before even Brampton became Brampton, I had advised my parents, let's leave our apartment, let's go buy in Brampton. I'll actually front the money for it. And they said, no, mm-hmm. not because, you know, 
not because of anything, it was just because the 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 fear they had of investing yeah. was in them. Yeah. You know I mean, so I think if I had taken the time, just like the question you're asking, if you took the time or that person takes the time, sit down with the parent and actually show them the benefit of investing, why investing in that specific property makes mm-hmm. sense. Show them the numbers because numbers really, they don't lie. Yeah, yeah. Right? If you show them the numbers, well, this is what the purchase price is, what the neighborhood is selling for. This is where it's going. This is the, the project coming beside it. And you show them all these things, then, you know, I'll be very surprised if the parent still says no. Yeah. Right? Because at the end of the day, numbers speak for itself. Numbers speak for itself. And you're, you're, you're doing something positive. Mm-hmm. You're actually doing something that will grow and that will help you and also help them. Yeah. Right? So at this moment, you know, my parents see my portfolio. They see what I've done. They see my, you know, my family members also bought some real estate and they can't deny the benefit of it, mm-hmm. right? So I think if you take the time, show your parents what's happening, show them the market, show them the investment, show them the numbers, it, they will, they will support, they will support. And if they don't, you know, you, you got to be brave enough to do it yourself. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. All right. So how can the Purposeful Story family reach out to you and follow you on your entrepreneurial journey? Um, they can follow me on Instagram. They can come to my seminars. I host a few seminars. I haven't hosted any this year. I've been busy with other things, but usually I do a seminar at least once a month or so. Um, so they can come to the seminars where I spend a lot of time educating people and just at answering people's questions just just like now mm-hmm. um like i said i love to educate people so they're confident about what they do whether you're buying with me buying with another person or you know investing somewhere else not even in in toronto investing in windsor or investing in calgary wherever it may be you know the fundamentals is always the same mm-hmm. right so if i can provide you some information to help you grow to help you do better then I'll be more than happy to do so. So mm-hmm. they can come to seminars, they can follow me, they can call me, they can do consultations with me, and I'll be more than happy to help. Sounds good. And what's your uh, Instagram handle? Um, it's my name. Everything's my name. So it's Jude Bachwe. Um, you can go to my website. It's also judebachwe.com. Uh, um, just Google my name. Everything okay. There. Okay. Very simple. I like it. As a business owner, the more you can leverage your time, the better it is for your company. There is this amazing online resource called Fiverr, where you can hire someone for just $5 to do just about any task for you, whether it be logo design, market research, videography, or website building, Fiverr has it all. Please go to imkobe.com forward slash resources and click on the Fiverr icon to make an account. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. All right. Welcome to the purpose round where we ask the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind our entrepreneur and their journey. So with these questions, mm-hmm. they're just going to be short answers that require brief, uh, short questions that require brief answers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's about 10 and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. So first question is what is an everyday habit that adds value to your purpose? Um, for me, every night before I go to bed, I like to make a task. Mm-hmm. of what needs to be done the following day. Because I find if I wake up in the morning, I don't have some sort of goal or mm-hmm. some sort of uh, a map. It's, my day just 
it just flows, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So before I go to bed, I make a list, you know, of, of, of items that I need to get done. Um, it could be 20 items, you know, 50 items, 10 items, anything that comes to mind that needs to be done, I like to get it done. So when I wake up in the morning, I go straight. Um, the first thing I do when I wake up, I go straight to my email, respond to everything I can, and then plan out my day and go from there. Um, but that task before I go to bed really change how my day turns out. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't do those tasks, then I feel terrible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I feel responsible. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I do them, I feel accomplished. I'm yeah. Happy, right? So that really helps me shape my day. Okay. Okay. If you could have a conversation with one person living or not alive, who would it be and why? One person living, not alive. Either or living or or, or dead. Um, that's a tough one, actually. Anyone you admire that you'd like to have a conversation with? I admire a lot of people mm-hmm. from rich people, uh, business people, or just the average person who is was fighting, uh, to be honest. So, um, I don't really know. Um, it's too many to think of, eh? Yeah, you know, I admire people, period. Um, you know, the guy who wakes up every day and goes to work at UPS, I admire him. Yeah. You know, he's doing more. You know, the student who has two part-time jobs and still goes to school, I mm. admire him because he's doing more than the average. Yeah. You know, the guy who has a regular job, but, you know, when he gets home, he spends another six hours on his side hustle. I yeah. admire him. Yeah. You know I mean, so for me, it's hard to actually just pick one person. So I guess I guess you'd say, um, you 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 wouldn't mind having a conversation with everyone because I guess you could say you, everyone has a story to share, right? Yeah, anybody who's doing more, yeah, anybody who wakes up every day and tries to challenge themselves, mm-hmm. anybody who takes the time and changes their dreams, whether it's you know that dream is to grow the biggest company or whether it's just to you know be healthier whatever it may be yeah i admire that about people you know a friend of mine aaron charles um lately he's been focusing on on, on his health and going to the gym mm-hmm. you know and i admire that yeah you know because it's not just about business all the time right now he's like you know my health is important yeah he takes the time he hits the gym he watches what he eats i admire that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for me anybody who's doing more than average Anybody who is pushing themselves to reach a goal, anybody who is trying to be more, mm-hmm. you know, I admire that. Okay. Makes sense. What would you say was your worst entrepreneurial moment and what did you learn from it? Um, my worst entrepreneurial moment probably would have been, I think, a stock that I traded a few years ago. Um, well, mm-hmm. and... It, well, I can't say it was the worst the moment because I always invest in something that I've done research for. Mm-hmm. I don't just guess. But I think for that stock, particular stock, I wasn't as patient. Mm. So I had to learn to be patient when it comes to investing. Mm-hmm. I, a, lot of, a lot of people kind of just, they, they want the return so fast um, that they are not patient mm-hmm. uh, in order to do the research, in order to watch their investment grow. Um, so, it, I, you know, I lost some money, uh, but it wasn't too significant, luckily, at the time. Yeah. And um, it taught me to be patient in, in, my, in, in the process. Okay. Um, you can't rush this stuff. You, know, you really have to take the time to learn, to grow, 
to see and then pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. All right, you can't guess, you can't gamble. Yeah. I always say that to clients. It's not yeah. a gambling situation here. This is an investment. It's a difference. Mm-hmm. So that was actually wasn't it wasn't even that it wasn't even bad to be honest. Yeah. But it was if you talk about number wise, it was my um, it was a learning uh, it was a learning circumstance for me. Okay, okay. So I guess you could say you turned something that had you had a monetary loss for, but. Yeah. It was actually it actually turned out to be a your your best learning opportunity. Yeah, right? exactly. It, you know, and in this like I almost call it a game, but in this um, in this in the investor life, um, when you do lose, or if you do lose, you know, if you have a bad tenant, it's an opportunity for you to see what happened. Mm-hmm. Were you too soft? Were you too nice? Were you did you not take the time to call their job to make sure they actually did have verified income? Yeah. Did you not? There has to be something there to learn, mm-hmm. right? For me, that particular moment was patience. You know, I, I wasn't patient enough. I didn't take the time to crunch up more numbers. You know, mm-hmm. I was uh, even when things went down, maybe I could have liquidated a little bit earlier. Yeah. Right. So, and from that moment, uh, at that moment, I did learn patience. Okay. Was important. Okay. Right. Okay. If you had to build a business from the ground up with only a hundred dollars, how would you leverage that? Only a hundred dollars. Yeah. It's hard to leverage a hundred dollars now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forces you to be a bit creative, right? Yeah, it does. Um, I will spend fourteen dollars at uh, at uh, Equifax. Okay. Number one. Yeah. To make sure my credit is good. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, based on my credit, if it's good, and I go to the bank. Yeah. And get a line of credit. Right. Because then I actually have money, mm-hmm. or at least credit. Right, and based on that credit, I'll be able to if they give me ten grand, twenty grand, thirty grand, whatever it may be, I'll be able to use that money now to leverage that money. Mm-hmm. So I'm not leveraging a hundred dollars; I'm actually leveraging the line of credit yeah, now yeah. in order to buy an asset. Okay, whether that asset could be a pre-construction property, which in four years can make me a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. or that can be a stock in a blue chip company or a company that could see some potential growth. That can turn around in a year and give me a lot more money. Okay. And so for me, I'm not leveraging the small number. I'm going to be, because we're in Canada. Yeah. We have credit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you, you can, you can leverage yourself. Mm-hmm. I said a hundred dollars, go to Equifax, make sure your credit is good. Mm-hmm. That's the one of the most important things that, uh, that you can have is good credit. Okay. Right. And then you can leverage that credit instead. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Which app or online tool do you use every day to help contribute to your success? Um, I have a lot of them. Um, I have a note. It's actually a, like a notepad app. Okay. I think that's actually the the most productive app I have. Mm-hmm. But I write down a lot. Yeah. Right. So, like I said, I, I write down yeah. my uh, my tasks, or I make notes of my tasks at night before I go to bed. Um, if a client calls me and says something, I will make a note of it. Mm-hmm. If um, I see something on the road that makes sense to me, or a sign of a new property coming, I'll make a note of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, simple tasks. I'll yeah. make a quick note of it. And I always go back to it. So that is actually the most important. Uh, important app that i do have on my phone okay okay what's the best advice you've ever received um the best advice i ever received was from my father um i think he simply told me that you know 
only had one life, mm-hmm. <laughs> not two, not three. Um, God made me who I am. He didn't make me nobody else. He gave me my skills and my skills only. I cannot be jealous of anybody else. Mm-hmm. I cannot want to be anybody else because then it's like me. I'm, I'm disappointing God. Yeah. Or like I'm, I'm insulting God. Mm-hmm. It's like the time for me to be who I am, and that alone is a gift. So I should be happy with who I am all the time and be willing to grow as who I am all the time and then live the best life I can for me mm-hmm. all the time. Okay. All right. So I've never, in my camera last time, I've ever been jealous of any human being in my life mm-hmm. because of that statement he made to me when I was younger. So I could see another person who has more money than me, a person who's taller than me, stronger than me, whatever it may be. And I can say, you know what? Congrats. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Because you, know, you took your time in order to get that strong. You took time in order to be that quick. It took you time to do what you have. Maybe if I want to be stronger now, I have to put in more time. Mm-hmm. I have to actually, you know, spend some time, actually work harder to get that. And mm-hmm. I'm capable of that. Right. Yeah. So that's, I think that's very important, especially in this day and age where there's so much social media and fake stuff out mm-hmm. there. People yeah. trying to portray themselves to be somebody else. If you're confident who you are and you're happy with who you are, that stuff never touches you. Yeah. 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 That's actually the best advice he's ever given. For sure. For sure. Okay. List your top three most influential books. (sighs) To be blunt, honest with you, I don't read that much. Okay. I read, uh, um, I don't read books, Mm -hmm. I can say. I read a lot of like information. Okay. Right. So like I'll read about the market. Yeah. It's not really a book. I read about a company. I can read about a person. Um, I read about, you know, a country. You yeah. Know, I, I, like, I read that stuff. Like, you, I actually don't. You're more of a research guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I actually don't read books. Like, I've, I don't remember last time I actually picked up a book and actually read a book. Mm-hmm. Like, completely mm-hmm. read a book. And I don't really love reading into that sense, like, like a storybook yeah. or any of that sort. Um, if I'm going to read anything particular, it'll be an audiobook. When I'm on the road, I'll yeah, probably listen road. to it. Or yeah. if we're bed, I'll probably listen to it. But I don't read books. The last book me have read may have been my real estate books. For yeah. My exams. yeah, yeah. Um, or university. But actually read a book? No, I don't. I do more research. Okay. Yeah, I do a lot more research. Tell us something that you think is true about business that most people wouldn't agree with you on. Um, they wouldn't agree with me on. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people don't know the struggles of a businessman. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people see a businessman, they see like, you know, the office and the suit and the, yeah. and they think, okay, that's success. Yeah. Right. And I think automatically that's in their head. It's very hard for them to really look beyond that brand or that image actually see what's going behind the scenes um so i think most people would disagree that most business people most successful people have struggles mm-hmm. meaning that they themselves despite how, how successful they are they themselves actually are going through work they themselves are still growing they themselves are still working on themselves mm-hmm. right a lot of people i think will look at them and say okay all right they're polished they're good like their yeah. life is straightforward, their life is easy, or they they don't have struggles. Yeah. They don't have, you know, issues or things of that nature, right? So I think if most people actually look at successful people as people are still working themselves and people are not perfect, 
that they don't feel as I can't say low, but they don't look they don't look down on themselves as much, mm-hmm. right? Like they saw them as you know people who are still working on themselves, still growing, you know. Then they'll be more motivated as well. Mm-hmm. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. It's more so like. You know, you're able to attribute yourself with the fact that there's a process to get there as opposed yeah. to just getting to that spot. Exactly. Right? It's not a final, it's not a final destination. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that exists. Yeah. All right. I think, and I, I've had that same misconception when I was younger. You know, I used to think that once you have a car and you have the house and you have these certain things, then I think you're done. You're, yeah. you're good. But not really. It's yeah. not even close. Like, yeah. That's actually when more work comes a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I think if people saw most businessmen and women or most entrepreneurs as work in progress, then they themselves won't feel as bad about themselves as work in progress. Yeah. Because yeah. the journey yeah. still goes on until you decide not to do it anymore. Yeah. Which I don't even know anybody who does. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't it's not what it seems on the on the on the outside yeah right you know those guys are still working on themselves those guys still working the next journey still working the next step they themselves are also working on their health they also also working on you know their branding yeah at the same time right so i think if most people saw most successful people as ongoing you know they're still developing themselves then they can see themselves at a, at a better light. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. Makes, t- makes a lot of sense. Is there any last piece of value you want to leave with our listeners? I don't know. It depends on them. I think, I think most people, if they want to be entrepreneurs, they want to be investors, you know, they need to take the action. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like it really starts with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people, feel like they're experts who out there who give them what they need right but it really they need to take ownership of of their own life and their own their own growth mm-hmm. you know seek guidance which what the experts will provide you and they'll guide you but they need to take that step you mm-hmm. know just like the earlier questions they need to go to the bank and ask them what a mortgage is they need yeah. to call a mortgage broker they need to go to credit um, Equifax and put their credit report and to take actions on their own. Mm-hmm. And I think once they take those steps, you know, it, they'll grow. Like they will see, okay, I've done this step. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's not as bad. Yeah. All right. Okay, so what's next? Okay, wait, what? That's what interest rate means? Okay, that makes sense. Wait, that's what a mortgage is calculated? Oh, okay, that makes sense. Wait, this is how much this area costs? Okay, well, what can I do in order to get to this area? Yeah. Right, so I feel like, and it worked for me. A lot of times what I do when I'm, when I have a moment is I actually drive in neighborhoods that are like, you know, I could go to a dealership and I sit in a car mm. that I can't even think about affording. Mm-hmm. You know? I used to do that all the time because what that does is shows me that things are possible. Mm-hmm. It shows me that, yeah, I can actually live here. I can actually buy that. I can actually own that. I can actually be that, you know? So I think... The only thing I can, one thing I can, I would advise people is whatever you want, take the steps and don't take the big, big steps. Things don't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to be muscular like in two days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not going to be wealthy in one, in 30, you know, 30 days. Yeah. It's, it's a process and the process 
can be fun. It does have its ups and downs, but it's very empowering. Mm-hmm. Once you get rid of, once you accomplish one, you feel good. Yeah. Then you go to the next step, you feel better. You go to the next step, you feel better. You go to the next step. And every time that you grow, there is a bit more challenge and you're learning something new. So it's a bit more hiccups along the way. Yeah. But it becomes more empowering, more empowering. Before you know it, you're doing things that you never thought you could do. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I never thought I'd be here when I was younger. Yeah. You know, I I did not think so, mm. to be honest with you. But now I'm looking at where I am and I'm looking at where I want to go. And I'm looking at things I want to do, even at this stage. And sometimes I'm like, man, it seems huge. Yeah. Right. But little steps by little step by little steps, you will eventually get there. So if there's only thing I, one thing I can leave with people is that, you know, take the first step. Then take the second, take the third, but eventually you will get there. It doesn't happen overnight. Be patient and you have whatever it is that you want in life. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. It sounds like a cliche, but it actually is true. I was told that when I was young. I thought it was somebody just, something people say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's true. It's really, really true. Okay. Okay. And what is your purpose as an entrepreneur? I just want to challenge myself. And at the end of the day, when all of this is done, I want to be able to leave something for my family. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's the most, and, and for the community, more than anything else too. You know, um, my father worked his, his ass off in order to get us here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because of his sacrifice and his, and his, uh, his risk, now we're here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not somewhere else. We're able to be comfortable, we're able to you know, have opportunities that many cannot. Mm-hmm. So now if I can take that to another level and my kids can take that to another level, you know, not only am I changing my family, but I'm changing the community. Mm-hmm. And my children will also change the community and their friends. And in the bigger picture, we could change a lot of people. For sure. And so for me, that is very, 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 very important. So it's not just about money. Like, you know, money does more than than people think. You know, it provides you with a safer home. It provides you with better health. It provides you with an education for your kids. It provides you with, you know, warm clothes. It provides you with, you know, sentimental things. You know, just buy flowers for your mom alone. It can do mm. that for you, right? So I think being able to give to my family and give to the community and change some lives, it's, it's all I ask for. Okay. Okay. That's it. Um, thank you Jude for, for coming welcome. on the Purposeful Story podcast we appreciate it Purposeful Story family it's been well see you peace that's all for this episode I hope listening to this podcast left you with valuable information that either strengthened your purpose or helped bring you closer to finding your purpose we all have a different journey in life and this podcast is in support of everyone's purposeful journey thank you so much for tuning in because without you, there is no Purposeful Story podcast. Please feel free to email me at info at and let me know what you thought of this episode. To help spread the valuable information this podcast has to offer, all I ask is for you to subscribe to the podcast via the Apple Podcast app, Podcast Addict, Google Play Music, or CastBox. Give a rating and pass this podcast on to one friend that you feel could benefit from this information. Don't forget to follow I am Kobe talks on Instagram for updates on new episodes and go to I am 
forward slash purposeful story for more valuable content. Special thanks to DJ Anna for the beats and Lala Writes for the editing. Before you go, please remember that purpose drives your actions and your actions are a result of your purpose. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon. Wow, wow, wow.